welcome to Frameline. I'm Barbara Gosowski, joined by my illustrious co-host, Courtney Small. Hello, how are you doing today? Good, how are you? Oh, not too bad. Good. So Courtney and I are going to present the second Frameline show for TIFF 2020, and we're going to highlight a bunch of the shorts. This year is an amazing year. I mean, it just seems like every year just gets better and better. uh, It's a really interesting year in terms of what people are doing and how these films are resonating. I've always loved the shorts program and, and this year somehow I'm just blown away even more. So I'm going to start with my favorite, if I can say that, because probably halfway through the conversation, as you know, Courtney, I'm going to declare another one my favorite. So... <laughs> well, when you when you have so many uh, wonderful films, it's it's easy to to fall into that. Right. Okay. So, favorite number one is a new film by a man that we we know is a feature filmmaker, wonderful Canadian filmmaker Igor Derliacha, and he's here with The Archivists, a film that has Noah Reed from Schitt's Creek in it. And what I loved about this film is its simplicity. Really, he just lets the actors and the setting do all the work and uses sound in a really interesting way so it's it's set at this in this apocalyptic time like post-apocalyptic time where art from the past is illegal and so it's kind of resonating now in terms of that dire mood or that sort of feeling that we're having in you know the covid shutdown era where everything's not quite right and so what we have is a ragtag group of people including Noah Reed, who are going through the countryside on this rickety old wagon and everything's overgrown and they stumble upon a house. Kind of not quite obviously a house because at first it's this overgrown thing, right? That they sort of have to like dig their way into. And when they get inside, they discover an old collection of records and a Vitrola, which is that old fashioned kind of a record player that you wind up. And what happens at that point? that's where the poetry and the magic come into play you know it's the simple construction this sweeping camera this understated tone and then this this one piece of music that just just has so much nuance and is so evocative i love it because it's it's something you can't quite put into words the effect of it what do you think i i loved it as well for many of the reasons that you just pointed out it's it's a very interesting film because it's a i guess you could say post-apocalyptic type film where something has happened and you know society has essentially crumbled to the point where music and any type of art is considered uh, decadence that's illegal uh, but you don't quite know what happened film gives you little hints you get the sense that there was some type of war but you don't know who started it what have you you're just kind of thrown into this environment and yet that's okay it's one of those type of films where you don't need everything spelled out for you because the brief moment of time you get to spend with these characters and the way how even in their travels they stop to embrace music and try and understand the past and using music and diaries to weave together this beautiful narrative the way how it uses art as a tool for archiving but also healing even even momentarily so i thought it was really well done and actually one of my favorite moments is when you're seeing or the three individuals try and reconstruct the type of music they believe is on this record because they can't quite hear it properly the camera pans away and starts to show you 
the old dilapidated house. So you're, you're hearing music kind of flow through it as if life is coming back, but also you're constantly aware that the life that was once there was taken away. It's just a, a really beautiful and well-constructed film. Absolutely. It's just magical. I mean, I can't put my finger exactly on what it is, but it's it just, like I said, it evokes so much. So do you want to choose the next one? Or? Sure. Well, one I would like to um, highlight is a film called In Sudden Darkness. And it's a film that's set in the Bronx in the summer of 2013. It's directed by Taylor Montague. And the film follows this family as they try to navigate a blackout that's happened in the uh, the hottest day in, in summer. And it's a, you know, it's a very simple film in many ways. You're just observing this family as they try and figure out how they're going to get food, talking about the daily lives and what have you. But even in this moment that it's starting to get tense all around them as, you know, the Bronx, the dead of night, pitch black. And a heat wave. And in, in a heat wave. So tensions are really high. But yet this family finds warmth and comfort with each other. And I just thought it was really well done. Like the way how the film is shot, especially when it comes to the scenes where the family's interacting, it's in a lot of close spaces. So Montague literally puts the camera down in the kitchen and just lets it sit there. And you're observing as the parents are having this argument, discussion, when they go to the dinner table and the camera just stays still. And you see the fridge on one side, the stove on the other, and you feel kind of claustrophobic. Mm -hmm. You're starting to feel like what they're feeling while still focusing on them and how they they interact. And I also like that it it showed a a different perspective of of Black life, because as we'll discuss in another short, there are, there's been a lot of talk about Black life in terms of trauma that's just been happening in 2020 and historically, whereas this one, even when you think things are going to get tense and dire Montague pulls back and goes no no that's not this type of film you know there's other yeah. facets to to life so I, I thought it was just a really charming film the performances are very good and you know what I, what I really liked is that style that you're talking about you know just leaving the camera there and it's sort of a slice of life where things you know just happen they weave in and out right what I loved where was that kind of placement of the camera also allowed us to observe these tiny, beautiful moments when, you know, for example, the mother and the daughter are on the balcony and just humming together. Family bond, you know, where you just you just are happy to hang out together and hum the same song together, you know? It shows like no matter what strife comes your way, often family will help lift you up. Exactly. So what was the other film that... Oh, the other one I was going to say that showed a, a different perspective which was more serious um, in terms of theme but also stylistically different was black bodies mm-hmm. i don't know if you if you saw that one i did see that one yes Powerful, yeah yeah, that one takes a direct look at inequality, specifically police brutality and the loss of Black lives. And it's done through poetry and just this wonderful choreography because everything takes place in one room. It's almost like a, a warehouse, if you will. Yeah, it's a performance piece, right? So, yeah, a performance piece where this poet is reciting about Black lives being taken down and you're seeing bodies all over the place. And then there's another woman that comes in at one point and you're, you're not quite sure whether or not she's going to start to provide some poetry of her own and then things play out in a way that you would expect them to but at the same time the way how the camera captures everything and uses that small space in creative ways
series I thought was uh, pretty powerful. Yes, absolutely. It's just poetic on a different level. Yeah, and that one is directed by Kelly Fife Marshall. I'm very interested to see what comes next from, from this director. So if I can just shift us a little, I, I noticed that there's this like comedic subtext uh, in, through the programming. There are a lot of heartbreaking stories here and they're so beautifully rendered. But you know what? Sometimes we're just just gonna like throw out this like hilarious film. Actually, one of my favorite of the funny ones was The Price of Cheap Rent by Amina Sutton and Maya Tanaka. And in fact, if we're gonna talk about performance, this is like at the other end of that because the, basically the joke is, is it starts one way and then takes this sudden shift, right? And so, you know, this woman is talking to us in a sort of a personal essay style, talking to the camera, but you know, it, you can sort of tell it's like a monologue basically that someone is has written and is performing. It would be, you know, it would be just fine on the, on the stage. It would be great on the stage, right? But it's really well-developed in, in terms of the visual um, um, film, right? And so she's talking about, you know, finally finding a, a place in New York City. Uh, and that, But that comes with a slight, she eventually realizes that there's a slight uh, price she has to pay for that. And basically it turns into a ghost story, but with an edge, you know, it's like, well, the black ghosts behave differently than the white ghosts. <laughs> the actual commentary that she's included in that, and this is what to me makes a brilliant short, is that you've got this simple premise, and then you know, just a little twist here, a little twist there, and suddenly you've opened it up to something much bigger. And there's a, a hell of a lot to talk about, right, on different levels. Oh yeah, it's a comedy that starts off talking about gentrification, and then somehow finds a way to brilliantly weave that into tales about ghosts and then also weave that into racism which circles right back to the gentrification so it's it's very well done i just love the the overall style of it i won't spoil the ending but i thought the ending was no perfect in terms of yeah. how the circumstances you find yourself in and often the decisions that you have to make about that and especially when it comes to housing and and rent so it's yeah very well done and the overall performance i thought was great but she has to carry and she maintains that level of energy and interest for most of the film. So yeah, I really enjoyed that one. Yeah. Did you see David? I did. David is another one <laughs> I, I liked. Uh, that one is directed by Zach Woods. It's got a pretty star-studded cast because it has Will Ferrell in it. It has William Jackson Harper, who uh, people might know from the comedy The Good Place, that series, mm-hmm. or... Uh, the horror film Midsummer, and she will Farrell plays this therapist and David is played by William Jackson Harper and David is point where he's suicidal he's depressed life is not good and they're session gets abruptly interrupted by this individual also named David who you find out has ties to Will Ferrell. From there it borders screwball at times in terms of its themes and actions but it still contains it so it never goes off the rails the way that you think it would. Like I was happy with the way it went. It's a very funny film. It looks at priorities. You know sometimes (laughs) we tend to put priorities in in the wrong places especially when it comes to to careers. So I, I 
thought it was a really well done short. What did you did, what do you think of that one? Oh, absolutely! I thought it was hilarious. It it does turn into ridiculousness, but the, at first, you know, it's it's super serious, and then it just quickly, so so quickly, uh, turns into this like really dark humor. It's like you you're thinking, oh guys, no, you like you you're not doing this right, and then all of a sudden, uh, I thought that that in terms of like stylistically, it really helped it move from one to the other like from the serious to the really dark like don't go there humor and to into the ridiculousness and into like the perfect ending basically it's like it had to end that way right um and it, so to me it was like the handheld camera you know when they're all in the office and, and like what happens there and the editing was just just brilliant right it, it's timing comedy is timing i thought i really like that one and the, the other funny ones so far film called found me by david finley and uh, you know just regular guy going along his life not quite satisfied and then suddenly discovers his dream job <laughs> and it does it, it it's kind of like straddling dream and reality as well in terms of the mood and the, the sort of the, the tone of the film um, and then it just becomes this this kind of crazy funny it's just fun and then that's the thing is the, the comedic timing sometimes that's that's what makes a great short yeah and found me is interesting because there's very little dialogue dialogue in it it's just a lot of mm -hmm. music and images and you're seeing this individual who I guess by all accounts has a very good life but it's still not quite where he wants to be I guess from a place of happiness the the emotion and joy on his face but for a good portion of the film I was thinking well your life isn't really that bad like even <laughs> yeah. when he was quote-unquote having his down moments I was like you still got like a decent job place over your head a girlfriend that yeah, loves you he was dissatisfied right we can all look like we had it together but somehow inside we have this one dream or this one unfulfilled part it suddenly gets realized by this job you never thought you would want to do and then you realize you do Yes. And I, I wish that for that film, they spent a little more time on the girlfriend because uh, there's a, a secret that the girlfriend finds out that is supposed to have pretty big implications. But I didn't feel like we had enough time with her for to really kind of justify the reaction to that secret. Interesting. Stand for for what this film is trying to achieve. It's not necessarily a crucial thing. It was just for me, I would have been a little more interested in seeing a bit more about how that relationship had evolved. Interesting. Yeah. If I could flip things around in terms of relationship. Sure. Uh, you know, as I mentioned, there are some serious things going on in some of these films. Um, actually, we, you know, usually we talk about some animation and it's a good time to bring up this film for from the NFB made by Jordan Kenning and Howie Shaw. It's called Four North A, taking place in a hospital. And in fact, specifically in a hospital room or actually on a ward where a woman is sitting by the bedside of her dying father. And completely through, you know, the the wonders of animation. The filmmakers, they weave together this whole slew of emotions and memories and implications and things that are happening all at the same time. She's remembering, she's you know, remembering her father, good moments with her father, but there's also what else is going on in the hospital. I mean, it, it, the film, not just through visual means, but through its sound, you know, brings to the fore, like the sounds, you know, when you're sitting 
working in a hospital room, especially when it's so quiet. It's just the magic to me of animation. They really understand that in terms of bringing all the mixed emotions of this situation and just really making it so moving to all of us. Yeah, I found that for me, this film was probably the most uh, heart-wrenching. The ones that I watched, this is not to discredit a lot of the, the great dramas that they have for live action, but just the way, as you said, how they capture the sights and sounds of the hospital. Like if you've ever had a loved one ill, this film really hits home and the the way it weaves in memory. The woman is reflecting on the different times that death came into her relationship with her father and usually via an animal or a dead bird or whatnot, but how you learn from young to kind of cope with loss, but yet it still doesn't prepare you for for when the potential of it really hitting home. Mm-hmm. arrives as, as an adult and yeah there was just something about this film even when they were showing like the the person crying she's going out for a smoke just to kind of clear her head and she looks over and someone's crying in the car D- this one really hit me i was i was surprised how much it uh, it got me so I, I thought it was really well done yeah i mean well as you mentioned it's so detail oriented as well um that's four north a there's there's some films that that really struck me um in terms of memories relationships as well and you know as you mentioned there's there are dramas, right? And the first one that comes to mind is Sofia Bodanovich's Point in Line to Plane, uh, which is, uh, you know, about a woman remembering a friend, guessing a boyfriend, working through her feelings and the painful memories by looking at art, engaging with art, art that they shared, like that, you know, their love of Kandinsky, for example, and, uh, you know, another artist that, that she sees and, you know, she can't help wondering, what would you have thought of this, right? And the way she engages with that woman and her art, it's almost like she's processing by getting into the details. You know, she can't process it directly inside of herself. So she's using art in these specific pieces and specific parts of pieces. Um, it's, it's so intricately crafted and so well done. It's, it's an incredible experience, this film. Sounds very interesting. I'll have to check that one out. I know that I want to go back and watch it again. But I feel like this would reward multiple viewing. It's almost like, you know, going through a gallery with a friend and that friend will say, well, look at this and look at that, right? You can always go back and find something that, different that you see. At the same time, there's a film by Sophie Rumvari and her film is called Still Processing, which is also like hers is more of a personal essay style like hers is more in the traditional but not traditional right so she sort of anchors herself in the personal essay style film and she's talking about childhood memories and some traumatic events that happened and she she touches on those but she processed when i use the word processing it's going to be like in many ways because the film's called still processing and so what happens is her parents give to her a box of photographs and videos from her childhood it's it's like they've been buried and now they've come into the foreground again and it's like they're being processed in more ways than one and so that forces her to come to terms with her feelings and it's not an easy thing but the thing is that we see the process of her process of going through that right on camera it's also an incredible experience as well and what the film says about memories and recovery covered memories and burying things and 
you know, who controls what. It's an unforgettable film. And another one I would watch more than once. I'm going to change directions just slightly because when you were talking about processing it at a roundabout way, it had me thinking about the short film Sinking Ship, mm -hmm. which is a, it's a simple short about a couple who are out for dinner and the male makes a comment <laughs> that <laughs> he thinks is going to spark intellectual discussion, but it really comes across as an insult. And you see, I guess, real time as a couple starts to process the, the changing nature of their relationship but also it's quite a scathing commentary on the male ego and male fragility in the sense that <laughs> you know the the man loves that his partner is outspoken and intellectual but she's a little too outspoken a little too intellectual she's not she doesn't need him in the ways that he expects a woman to need a man it's a very interesting short it, it's amusing but also provides a lot of food for thought oh yes <laughs> I love what also happens is the, the simplicity of the way it's shot. It's them at this table and right behind them is a giant painting of a ship at sea, the stormy waters and everything. And what the filmmaker does with that image as the conversation starts to sway and shift and the waters start getting all troubled you know, between them. And as you're sitting there, at least I was, completely identifying with the woman. Yes, that one is, is a brilliant example of a simple idea that just brings up so much extremely well shot I thought and I thought the performances were quite good for again a couple that's were just sitting at a table talking for 13 minutes and so much is conveyed in, in their face their expression the delivery so yeah it was a, a very good short mm -hmm, absolutely well we both saw Benjamin Benny Ben and in terms of an experience Benjamin Benny Ben was such a visceral experience for me this young man obviously going to a job interview and it really focuses on him, his nervousness and the not so easy path just to get to the interview. So a, a film that I wanted a little bit more information because you don't really know much, but there's a scene where he goes, something happens to him and he has to go to a cafe to kind of get himself fixed up and he can't even look at waitstaff there. He's, you know, he's just so frazzled. I, I, I was wondering what was leading up to this anxiety and I know job interviews can be stressful, but I just felt like the whole time he was walking with such blinders on thinking there has to be something that has led to this point but we never get any glimpse of it it's just you're, you're seeing the journey to the interview you don't know what the interview is for it doesn't really matter but i just want to know where did that journey begin instead of kind of being thrown in the middle mm -hmm. but at the same time i thought it was really well shot you're watching this and you almost start to feel the anxiety Oh, I did. <laughs> that, that, he's, that he's feeling every, every moment. So it kind of reminded me of Uncut Gems as the oh, yeah. film proceeds. The tension keeps building and you're on the edge of your seat. But I, I just want to know just a little bit more. Well, maybe that's the point of it, though. Fascinating experience of trying to fill that in myself. Another one that I will mention along the lines of trying to figure things out somewhat is As Spring Comes. And it's a short film by Marie-E. Just or Juste. And I don't think any dialogue in it now that i think back it's just images and you see this woman and her lover essentially 
stuck in this cabin while there's this massive snowstorm going on and this woman is going through a particular change but you're not quite sure what it is and the boyfriend seems to understand that this change is occurring but you're you're not quite sure if it's human if she's alien and then a lot of things are happening around her which don't make sense at first but tie up really well and i know i'm sounding very vague because if I give away any too, too much more, then I kind of spoil the whole reveal. But for a film that had me questioning pretty much every aspect of it, I was quite captivated and I thought it was a really well-conceived idea and executed quite brilliantly, especially from a visual perspective. Wow, that sounds great. It sounds really good. I want to highlight a film called Shooting Star by Ariane Louise Says. It's a coming-of-age story, a little different, but maybe not. A story about a girl and her mother and her mother's boyfriend going away together. And it, it's not uncommon for girls, uh, especially if the man is nice and she, you know, declare, she tells the man that you're, you're the nicest one she's brought home so far. So so it's not uncommon for feelings to get a little confusing, you know, when you're that age and then there's this adult who, you know, you're not related to and but is really nice to you. The way that it's told, really inventive. It gives a metaphorical uh, meaning to his car, right? Nothing untoward happens in the film that, you know, that anybody should be worried about, but something happens, you know? The, the film is so, so great at bringing out all the dynamics, mother, daughter, uh, the couple, their own dynamics with each other and, you know, that man and, and this girl. And there's this frenetic energy that runs throughout. It's just, it just felt like a heightened moment in time that is so revealing. I think it's an, a superb film. Oh, that sounds wonderful. So yeah, there's definitely plenty of diverse films and topics to see in the shorts program, the shortcuts program at this year's festival. Yes, absolutely. We both highly recommend that you, you check those out uh, as well as the features. I just want to end because it's such a strong year for Canadian cinema. Oh, yes, it is. And so, you know, I had this interview with Michelle Latimer. I had this conversation with her for Inconvenient Indian and Trickster, the other, another film. And we're, Courtney and I are going to talk about, um, you know, more Canadian films. But just, you know, before we go today, I want to talk a little bit about No Ordinary Man. It's the new film by Ashling Chen Yi. And uh, she makes it together with Chase Joint. What they're doing is that they're basically rescuing the memory of uh, jazz musician Billy Tipton from the dustbin of history. Billy Tipton, you know, in like the 40s and 50s was very active in the jazz scene, but nobody really knows about this, this guy, this musician. So the filmmakers enlist a, a group of um, people to discuss and, try, you know, try and... Uh, reinforce the importance of this person. Billy was a transgender man. That's something that nobody knew. And so this, you know, they're bringing that to the forefront now and they enlist a group of transgender men um, from various different, you know, writers, activists, actors. They have this really interesting through line trying to, of having auditions uh, for Billy Tipton with a variety of different actors. And so intercut with the archival footage and you know, individual discussions with people in the film. They have these auditions, these versions of Billy talking 
this fictional script talking as Billy. And so it's a really incredible effect. And there's a lot about what happened to, to Billy's memory and media went crazy and created this, you know, as they tend to do, uh, this ridiculous set of circumstances. It affected how people would then see Billy Tipton, the jazz musician. So what the, the filmmakers are able to do is they're able to speak with Billy Tipton Jr. So the film is not just about rescuing someone from that dustbin of history and bringing them back into the foreground as a historical figure, but also it's a process that you see that Billy Tipton Jr. goes through. In the end, there's a lot that the film says about acceptance and love. I think it's a very important film. It's just very moving. Yeah, that definitely sounds like one we should check out. Definitely. So that is one that people need to see. So there's plenty of films to see, and we'll, we'll be back with even more TIFF coverage. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and take care.